Before we get into it today, there is a little bit of bad language, so stick some hands over any little ears nearby, or if that offends you, then please feel free to skip to another episode. Also, we're talking mental health, and so there may be some things that might be triggering for you, or if you really do need help, please go and seek some professional help or someone to talk to. If you go to mentally-healthy.org, there are resources there. There's also a need help now button, which can bring up some helplines and other resources that can help you straight away. Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, the guys are really understanding, which is which is great. Like they pretty much had to force me to stop coming to work for a little bit. Like they forced me to take three days off and um, yeah, and, I was, and you know, they didn't want me coming back to work full time and they basically said like, we can take care of your business, like mm-hmm. step away for a bit. I was having drinks with a mate recently and we were talking about um, politics and climate and stuff as you do and it shouldn't do um, and it got quite heated and um, he got really upset and uh, broke down in tears and he quickly like you know uh, like retreated and I'm like man it's cool like yeah um, like let it out and um, he was just like no nah, no nah, you don't do that and just like put himself away and just like locked everything up and I'm like I don't care. Like, yeah. tell me whatever. Like, I'm not going to judge you. Welcome to the Never Not Creative podcast. I'm Andy Wright, founder of Never Not Creative. This episode's creativity and football welcomes Paul Balf from Pennybridge Creative, who's a massive football fan. Huge. Absolutely huge. Thanks for joining us to share your footballing knowledge and opinions. What is going on this season so far? Uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, all I know is my teams haven't been playing well. So, like I was saying, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not one of those people that really follow it until my teams, you know, in the finals. So, team or teams? I've got a couple. So, a couple teams. Uh, I was a big Man United fan when I was a kid, um, back in the days of like Eric Cantona. Yeah. yeah. Peter Schmeichel and stuff, um, Roy Keane. I think purely and simply, um, yeah, Roy Keane being the, the captain back in those days and he was a captain of Ireland, which is where my family's from. That's yeah. why I supported him. And um, yeah, just kind of, I've heard they've been playing pretty terribly. and um, They might be coming good. Oh, really? Well, there are signs of improvement. I might start watching. You might start watching again. <laughs> uh, one of my friends I work with, he... Uh, would didn't watch the first four games of the season, yeah. and then there's a bit of a reason to start watching them now. They're, yeah, uh, they okay. look like they're coming good. So yeah, cool. All I've been hearing is terrible things. Yeah. So, but and same with Celtic. Celtic, oh, uh, Celtic lost the other day. So um, against a pretty B grade team. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, look, that's enough football chat. I lured you <laughs> into my hotel room, which for anyone listening, you can go with your own imagination but we are just sat across the kitchen bench so it's okay we're really here to talk about mental health we're really here to talk about we kind of have to lure people in uh, especially male people in with the uh, promise of football because we don't all love talking about our mental health so before we get really kind of into how you're doing right now you've just driven up from the gold coast probably got a little bit of time to yourself i love getting yeah. in the car 
I used to commute a fair bit and it's it's funny how much it's actually good for you in a lot yeah. of ways to kind of um, yeah kind of sit with yourself for a bit but I definitely can't complain it's good to get out of the office yeah that's good yeah and so one of the things that triggered off this conversation was an exhibition that you're about to run called welcome to yourself yeah uh, which is all about mental health and being able to kind of get to grips with how you might feel about your own mental health and that kind of stuff what triggered it it's a bit of a funny one so i've actually wanted to do this for maybe uh, i reckon about four years originally it was it was a completely different concept i've got a, a brewery down the road called bolter and four of the original founders of it um a surfers and i got to see them day to day uh like either in the surf and you know um i was working in surf media back in the day as well and i just thought it was really funny um the different perceptions of like what someone might think of someone as an athlete versus how that they like think about themselves mm-hmm. um and just like and that kind of happens in day-to-day life with social media as well so originally what i wanted to do was get those guys on board um get them to talk to an artist and talk about how they felt about themselves and then get the public opinion and get like basically two layers of art put together on a surfboard yep. and then auction them off for mental health. So yeah, originally it didn't have anything to do with uh, me experiencing anything to do with mental health. It just kind of it was more based around that perception thing. And yeah, it just I, I'd had a few friends as well say to me, you know, like when it comes to business and stuff, they go, oh, like, you know, I saw you did this on uh, this job on Instagram or whatever. Oh, you must be killing it. And you're like, man <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting the perceptions that people have about yeah. how how well you're doing and stuff like that as well so um that was the original concept and it just it kind of got parked um for a number of years and then yeah just this year i kind of i guess at the start of the year had a bit of a, a battle with mental health myself which was like my first time ever mm-hmm. um and then kind of coming out of the back of that i'd already told my team about the concept and the idea and I think it might have actually been when I was on a photo shoot down in Melbourne with a buddy of mine Trent Mitchell and he was kind of like oh you should do this and like we kind of just started rehashing what it should be and then yeah it just kind of over time has just eventuated into what it is now so so what is it now yeah cool um so essentially I've got 25 artists involved like and you know a whole bunch of different kinds of artists too like there's designers there's artists there's uh graphic designers muralists like you name it but basically what i've asked them to do is i've given them all a skateboard like a 70s era skateboard they have to put a visual representation of their relationship their mental health on the board so i've actually started getting all the uh the boards back as of last week um and yeah it's been it's been really incredible seeing like it's also been really cool seeing uh, going out to create it like 25 different creatives with the same brief and seeing what they come back with and yeah like what's what's on the boards has been pretty incredible yeah. um, and the, I guess like the stories behind them too um, like you read what it's about and what their inspiration was and it's just like I think it's going to be hard for me not to buy all of them <laughs> <laughs> you put up an exhibition and just buy them all yourself yeah <laughs> yeah so that we're, we're doing it in our studio and we've started arranging everything for it and seeing them all up on the on the walls in the studio yeah. i'm like oh yeah cool they, they you know they suit it they suit the studio <laughs> yeah. Just keep them. yeah 
So. Uh, what were the, are there any, without obviously giving it away, that you're like, oh wow, I haven't even thought about how you could have that relationship with your mental health? Were there any that have surprised you? Um, yeah, there's been quite a few that have surprised me. One was a girl called Steffi. Yeah, basically she has this, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how to say it without giving it away, but basically um, everyone kind of, this perception that everyone has of where she's from, even though she's from uh, Venezuela, like everyone seems to think that she's not from there. And that's always uh, like, it seems to grind her a bit and just the artwork that she's come up with and the reasoning behind it and everything like that was like really powerful. Yeah. For me especially too, like I, uh, like my whole family moved out to Australia uh, from Ireland. I, yeah, I've always had that kind of like identity crisis because I grew up- So you were born in Ireland? Uh, so I was born here. Yeah. So mum was came over when um, she was six months pregnant. Yeah, I always had that identity crisis because they'd all tell me that I was Aussie and then- You're pretty Aussie. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm well Aussie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like grew up with traditions and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so like her piece in particular kind of struck me yeah. as, a, as a standout and uh, my buddy Kyle Tillman, the concept he came up with was really cool too. So he sent me like a, uh, it would have been about 30 photos of his process. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. I was, I, I was embarrassed sending you mine because <laughs> it was like, oh, here's something I did in Photoshop. And then there's Carl like sanding backboards, adding layers. It was pretty yeah. impressive. So I thought he was just struggling as much as I was. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, when he came in to drop it off and kind of told me the story behind it and like what the, um, I guess the process was, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really cool. There's been a lot of people that have um, gone to different mediums than what they usually would. So um, you know, a lot, lot, lot of graphic artists that have gone from instead of doing it digitally, they're doing it with Posca pens mm -hmm. or stuff like that. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool. And yours? Mine was a funny one. I pretty much knew straight off the bat what I wanted to do. Um, I've got this thing where I always like worry about the past and worry about the future. I'm never present. There's an old Mark Twain saying, uh, I've worried about a lot of things in my life, most of which have never happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of based around that. And what I wanted to do was because of that, because I'm worried about things in the future, I've got this thing about control. Like I always try and make sure that every situation is controlled. Um, so I really wanted to do some kind of tactile art, get away from the computer where I just didn't have control. Um, so I use like acrylic pores. Um, I actually reached out to Craig Black um, <laughs> to get a few tips, and um, he was he was really nice and helped me out a little bit. So I did that, and then yeah, the first one that I did, I, I'd done a few test pours, and then I finally did my actual pour, and it looked amazing when I first did it. I was like, oh, like I couldn't be more stoked with this. And then as I let it dry, and when I went to put the the type on top of it, it just I don't know what happened with the paints, but they just dulled out. So yeah. yeah, the top part, even though I have all these like rich color, like different blacks and reds and stuff through it, it just it just looked black when you put it in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when it wasn't like in the immediate sun, basically. Yeah, I couldn't just let it be. As you do, I put it to an Instagram vote and um, everyone told me to redo it. So <laughs> I did a yeah, last minute rush job and it actually turned out to be sick. So yeah, I'm cool. pretty stoked with it, yeah. So. Yeah, that's how, how mine's panned out. But um, And so there's going to be an event. 
Uh, so the 1st of October. And yeah. it's a kind of exhibition slash party slash... Um, yeah, I think it'll just, yeah, just be a bit of a showcase of everyone's work and I think it'll just be a celebration yeah. um, more than anything of just kind of people getting together to kind of talk about something that they don't really talk about. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll, I think it'll be interesting. I hope, I hope it starts a lot of conversations and I hope it, you know, allows people to be comfortable talking about their mental health. We actually had one person who had to pull out, um, because it was like too confronting, um, which was a a bit sad. Like she's an incredible artist, so it would have been epic to have her there, but you know, totally understand and, you know, moving forward, it's been one of those things since we've started the journey, me and my team have been a lot more open um, with what's going on in our lives. So if nothing more, it's kind of, you know, I've got three guys that work with me and hopefully it's changed the way that they. That's good. So it's having an effect on the stuff you guys talk about at work. Yeah, definitely. I think it's pretty key um, to understanding, you know, like you have people, they have off days and stuff like that, but if someone comes in and feels comfortable t- telling you what's going on and yeah. why, you're kind of like, all right, cool. Like, that's either pretty major or, you know, it might not be, but hey, you need the day off yeah. and you're going to be more productive taking the day. Yeah, than, they're struggling with it for a week or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than me, like, breathing down their neck, you know, why are you missing deadlines and blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's still one of those things that can be jarring sometimes because you're like oh we've got so much work on but yeah i think when, when we've had times when um any of us have needed to take a day off uh everyone's super appreciative so yeah. they come back with way more gusto and that's good yeah. was that also helped by you talking about you know, the beginning of the year when you were struggling yeah. a bit yeah probably <laughs> what, what was what was happening at the beginning of the year for you? uh it's a bit of a weird one um so I've uh, I had like a bit of a um, basically I started getting anxiety attacks yeah. just based on the weather. So just with all the floods and everything that were mm-hmm. happen, happening um, constantly, I was just like, yeah, just kind of on a knife's edge with that, um, which I'd never experienced before. So never never experienced anxiety or anything like that. With the um, floods, because the floods hit. Palm Beach, which is your around there, right? Like yeah, so they... we weren't impacted. So, mm-hmm. but like our our block did get a bit of water, and I yeah. was like very concerned about the water coming in. Yeah. Um. So I feel it's and it's one of those things. I feel really bad for having such a um, bad mental state around it, considering I didn't actually, you know, have my house flooded. Yeah, it was just one of those things. Like I got a young son at the moment he's like two and a half years old and i've just got this full like protective bear mode happening and um just the thought of like yeah i, I guess seeing all the, all the things on tv what was happening in lismore and uh, what was happening in brisbane you kind of see that and visualize yourself in those circumstances yeah. and um somehow I've, i managed to give myself that trauma um, and that turned into anxiety. So like now every time it rains, which it's, you know, starting to piss down yeah. now, uh, I, uh, yeah, I get like a little bit antsy. So um, yeah, I'm a lot better now. Like the, the probably the worst I got was, yeah, basically I had to wrap my, uh, wrap a pillow around my head and just couldn't hear the sound of rain. I was wow. just like so freaked out by it. I just thought it was going to flood every time it rained. So the boys had to like, 
uh, deal with that, so <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, you know, an Irish guy that's scared of the rain. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. They they gave me a bit of grief about it, and um, rightly so. But um, yeah. but it's interesting. It's how and not just the environment from a kind of rain and weather perspective, but how your environment of whatever it is that surrounds you can impact your mental health. I think there's always, I was reading a great article the other day with a, it was a psychologist who'd said, I think what we've been telling you about mental health is all wrong. All right. And it was how, you know, cause you're, you can take medication, you can go see doctors, you can scan brainwaves and all this kind of stuff. But actually no one's really taught us about how to deal with our environment what's going on around us, you know, the social systems and constructs that are in place, climate change, all the things, you know, and you've mentioned it already, social media, that can impact what you think about and, and how you think about it. Um, and I think we don't, we don't spend enough time talking about that. And if anything, it's easier to talk about some of that stuff because it's the everyday, right? Like it's the stuff that, that happens to you. Yeah. You kind of hinted a little bit there around how, oh, you know, it was funny and we had a laugh like that's normally the response that blokes will have when they're chatting with each other and it's like we'll bring up something but then we'll quickly take the piss to try and make it all kind of yeah. palatable yeah is that how how were those conversations yeah i mean though they were interesting um but yeah i think you've got to shed humor like yeah. humor is one of those things that allows you to feel comfortable so like without it i'd be like oh my god i'm i'm a burden whereas yeah. like the fact that they like railed crack jokes about it and they felt comfortable taking the mickey out of me yeah i'm kind of like all right cool like that's did it help with like the scale of it did that kind of help you go oh actually things are okay like you know i've still got this there's some normality to what's going on around you it, i don't know it's funny because it's it was a weird period and i'm still kind of going through it a little bit but yeah i mean the, the guys were really understanding which was which was great like they pretty much had to force me to stop coming to work for a little bit like yeah. they forced me to take three days off and um yeah and i was and you know they didn't want me coming back to work full time and they basically said like we can take care of the business like mm -hmm. step away for a bit um me being me i didn't you know looking back i, sh I definitely should have and it was kind of like even them just stepping up and saying that instead of just being like oh we've got a boss that's a bit yeah. crazy i don't know i don't know how to articulate it it was uh how was your partner during the same time and were they i'm assuming well i assume those conversations were different yeah the boys at work and your partner at home uh yes and no like she kind of said the same thing like i think uh it was a combination of like run, i was pretty much right like sprinting towards burnout yeah. um and so having something like you know a big weather event like that happened was just kind of like the thing that broke mm -hmm. me uh with my wife it was like it was yeah similar conversations in the sense that she's like you just need to slow down um you know and she was incredibly supportive like she's just like the most amazing person i've ever met so yeah but it's, it's also one of those things like we also just found out that we're pregnant with our uh second child yeah as well so she's like oh my god like I've got a mental case in my hands and I'm about to have another kid. So yeah, for me, it was, I just knew that I had to like go, okay, I need to figure out what the next step is to get myself better because yeah. one, I 
didn't want my son to see me like that and two you know obviously if I'm gonna have a second kid I need to get myself sorted yeah. and um so what what was that next step what did you do did everything yeah. uh went and saw a hypnotherapist went and saw a, a psychologist went to the doctor yeah went and saw everyone basically yeah, right. through the kitchen sink at it what yeah. which what worked and what didn't well I guess that the probably the most significant thing to talk about is like it took six weeks six to eight weeks to get in to see a psych yeah um which when you have an episode like that or you're going through something it's just too long yeah um, it feels like an eternity so i went and saw the doctor and it yeah it was it was really good uh i mean i'm, I'm really lucky i've got a really good doctor now um and he was really good he you know put me on one of those mental health care plans which was yeah. great the hypnotherapist was like i don't know it was weird the first couple of sessions i was like oh yeah this is all right um, but i was just kind of happy to talk to someone <laughs> that was kind of like a third party and then um yeah you do all this kind of like retrospective work which was like kind of empowering in a lot of ways like yeah. stuff that like you kind of go back and unlock that um you probably didn't think about um and then it wasn't until the last session i actually did a bit of hypnotherapy um so you went under and yeah did, it was weird yeah it was real weird apparently you're supposed to feel like really light and everything after it, and i just felt like this massive weight like i remember right. just being like my head down my arms were just yeah it was it was kind of strange you can, it's not it's not like the conventional like what you think of like people snapping fingers yes, and stuff yeah it's um there's not a word I might say now that might send you back. <laughs> don't <laughs> we don't know what it is. Yeah, start jumping around and like quacking like a duck. I don't know. Um, no, so it's it's like you just get into like a bit of a deep thought more than yeah. anything. And you kind of like, you'll trail off and go on to other thoughts and then you just got to bring yourself back. But then, yeah, you kind of get in this like deep thought state. Um, kind of like it's, I'd say what you do with meditation. Yeah. They prep you for a fair few sessions to get to that stage because if you just went straight into it you, you might just be going everywhere um so yeah i found that pretty good and then um yeah my psychologist has been really good just understanding like the different things that i guess lead to that so like everyone says oh you know if you're feeling anxious like breathe mm -hmm. but no one ever really tells you why and no and i guess it's one of those things like a lot of people that have like really high ups and downs it's often because they're not breathing properly. So like, even now talking to you, I'm realizing I'm just like gas bagging and not breathing. <laughs> so what that does is like it heightens your adrenaline. So a lot of people day to day will just run on adrenaline and they have these massive crashes. So like I, I did it for my whole life up until now where just running on adrenaline all day, like highly creative everything, and just wanted to get things done. And then as soon as I stopped, I just bang, yeah. I'd be out. So same with any physical activity or whatever um same with drinking whatever all those different things you you run on this heightened state where you're kind of like in fight or flight your central nervous system's just turned on like and then you turn it off and you crash yeah um so what happened to me with uh at the start of the year was basically like like trigger just got stuck on so my central nervous system was on all the time yeah so i was just like peak adrenaline yeah fight or flight non-stop um and then when you're like that you just get into this stage where you're just like i just can't i can't keep this up yeah kind of thing so 
talking to a psychologist and getting to understand that and why breathing is important and what it helps to do and bringing that like central nervous mm. system down and yeah it's really really powerful yeah i can't speak highly enough of health professionals that actually know what they're doing yeah you get so much out of it and also you don't have to see them when you hit rock bottom you can see them just normally like you would a trainer right yeah that was kind of the trigger was there um like during covid everything was okay because obviously that was a, that's another big thing of like you know you mentioned at the beginning like needing to be in control or like yeah. you know suddenly we're out of control because we're just told to do things that we have no control over or you know we have to react to things was did that any of that come up for you during that time yeah i suppose so so i, I literally had my first kid the week we went into lockdown yeah everything was different anyway so i kind of didn't like well, it means you don't get all those visitors though that's quite nice yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was it was nice for a period but yeah. then it's like help <laughs> Um, found COVID a funny one. I mean, I was, at the time, it was just me and, and one other guy um, that I had working for me. So um, we managed to get through it relatively easy. And, you know, we were really lucky. We've got some really good clients that helped and kind of just gave us confidence that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So that was that was cool. And I guess, you know, with what we do in design, um, working remotely isn't too hard. Yeah. Um, we're kind of I did it for four years, so I was, I was used to it, but I actually hated it. Um, I only lasted, I think, a week out of the office. And then, yeah. Yeah, because our office is quite is quite close, and it, unless someone gets invited to come and stop by, no one really comes by, so it was just like, yeah, it was relatively easy to, to isolate in our yeah. office. But yeah, I, I definitely remember, I remember we put out like a social thing, and it was like, what the fuck and it was i guess us trying to grasp what was going on um yeah it was it was definitely a weird time um and especially like where we were too where like i lived right on the border of queensland and new south wales and you know I, a lot of mates that like you know they live in new south wales yeah. and work in queensland and vice versa actually jordan who works with me now he had to do that for two years and he's just like man I just he was at a point where he's ready to just sell up yeah it was, it was pretty full on for a lot of people yeah um you know people didn't see but like even now i have really really good friends that i used to see quite often and surf with quite often i've just kind of drifted apart because of that separation yeah. um and like even now even being so close i still get like a bit of trepidation going over the border because you just don't know yeah, what might happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, two full years of having, like, a hard border, you kind of, yeah. like, you get used to not being able to go somewhere. We were lucky to be where we were, and with newborn, we were kind of naturally just, our circle or, like, um, bubble kind of shrunk anyway, but... What about, um, I'm not a surfer, but there's a lot of, kind of, waiting around, waiting to catch weight, like, do have any of your... I guess like your comfort with being able to talk about mental health have you taken any of that out into the ocean with mates and um not into the ocean no um but i, I kind of discovered that um you know a lot of people talk about meditation and stuff like that yeah. i kind of realized that um like going surfing was kind of like because it's it's physical so you you're exercising which is great but then also those periods where you're waiting yeah is kind of like 
you've got nothing else to do, you can't pick up your phone. It's kind of meditative at the same time. Yeah. In the past year, I haven't been surfing anywhere near as much. So it kind of made sense that because I wasn't doing that, yeah, it kind of led. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah so, um, and that's because like I used to surf across the border all the time because yeah. that's where the good surf is. So I read an article, I read an interview. There's not much about you on the internet, mate, but um, you did an interview. I quite liked what you said about nature and how it's not until you're in the ocean that you realize you've got no control at all. Yeah. Um, I often find like with my own mental health, sometimes it's related to control, like feeling out of control, feeling like you don't, you, you can't um, affect something. But then at that scale, I guess on the other side of the spectrum, knowing that it's impossible to have any control, is that quite, like, is there just a sort of acceptance that you become at peace with how things are? And is that what surfing kind of helps with? I think when it comes to the whole surfing side of things is, because I used to really love, um, like, big challenging waves, but it's all about preparation. So, like, making sure that you are prepared for anything. So, like, you fit enough, um, you know, like I guess you understand what like what you're doing out in the water. You've got the right board. All those different factors. So like going out into the unknown, but being as prepared as you possibly can. Versus like if you don't know what you're doing, it you're going to end up in control. control. Yeah. yeah, and it's going to be worse off for you. So yeah, again, that kind of like was one of the reasons that led me to um, what happened to me at the start of the year was like I wasn't training, I wasn't fit, I wasn't like. I didn't feel physically strong enough. So like when you see like a flood crisis or something like that, you're like, yeah. can I put a dog, a kid and my wife, pregnant wife on my shoulders and like hike them up a hill if I need to? And you're like, no, I'm not fit enough because I haven't been doing anything. And even now, like going out into big surf, I'm like, you know, somewhere I used to feel very comfortable in, even though it was very, for a lot of people, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm just not as comfortable anymore. Yeah. So I'm all the gear and no idea at the minute, so. <laughs> Um, hopefully you're feeling alright because I don't know whether it comes up on the mic but it is absolutely <laughs> torrential outside um, why, why do you think we have so many problems with men not being able to talk about their mental health I think it's a generational thing to be yeah. honest um, it's really funny I uh, had I was having drinks with a mate recently and we were talking about um, politics and climate and stuff as you do and it shouldn't do um and it got quite heated and he got really upset and uh broke down in tears and he quickly like like retreated and i'm like man it's cool like yeah like let it out and um he was just like no no you don't do that and just like put himself away and just like locked everything up and i'm like i I don't care like tell me whatever like i'm not going to judge you like i just told you everything I've been through and he's like yeah but that's you and I'm like yeah I think it's just a generational thing um, I think you know our dads were just you know they were told by their dads like boy, like we were saying before boys don't cry and stuff like that but it's one of those things I think it's unless you can let it out in a different way um, it's it will eventually boil up and lead to something whether or not that's like something physical um, you know like I know a lot of people they get like um, stomach ulcers and stuff because yeah. they internalise yeah or you know it might come out in some other way it can come out in like you know 
I don't know, your skin might break out or yeah. whatever. Or, you know, a lot of people just abuse alcohol as yeah. well or, yeah. you know, other substances. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't really have an answer, but I think yeah. it's, I think it is just one of those things we're kind of like taught from a young age, but I think that's changing now, which is good. I'd say the majority of the time that's, yeah, like you actually can get welcomed with open arms. And that's probably the one thing that I found at the start of the year was like anytime I told anyone what I was going through, everyone was like, oh man, like don't talk about it. It's okay, blah, blah, blah. Like everyone tried to help in their own way. Don't get me wrong, not everyone's advice was good. <laughs> but but at least you get validated right like that's one of the big things i think is to be able to go oh you listened and you heard it and yeah yeah um in fact, yeah. it's better sometimes when people don't give advice they just listen it's good but that, i think that's a that's a normal response though yeah. right people if you tell someone something you everyone feels like they have to solve it yes that's something that even i've realized that i always try to do is try and solve things for yeah. people and i'm like what and then you take on their pressures. You're right. I think if you, if you can sit and listen, yeah. it's um, it's pretty powerful. So I've just come from an event today where we talked about the empathy research we've done at Never Not Creative. There was a guy from Southern Cross Stereo who was on the panel afterwards, but he said how sometimes they'll like they're pretty good, pretty good in their organisation about asking, "Hey, how are you doing?" And he said, but the blokes, even if you've like, you're asking because you've seen something like, you know, changing body language or changing behavior or not performing as well at work. And, you know, you'll get a very quick response of, oh, yeah, now I'm fine. And he says what they've all been trained to do now is to come with a follow up question. You know, OK, so right now, like if you're a car, are you like a beat up? secondhand you know it's probably on its last legs taking it to the tip or are you a ferrari flying down the gold coast highway um and he said that more often than not people who have said that they're fine and really aren't have been able to use the car thing to kind of go you know what yeah i'm not fine um and maybe you know i need a, a bit of oil or i need an engine change or you know something but it kind of opens up the conversation in a way that just feels a little bit more familiar perhaps yeah. um which is good it's not easy to kind of just suddenly come out with things and i think one of the things that we've noticed is that there's a lot of um there are a lot of prompts at the moment for people to talk and to talk about the mental health we just had are you okay day um there are lots of initiatives that happen in businesses lots of things happen in the community but then sometimes you know people aren't prepared for that conversation yeah. Um, but being able to you know help them have it easier um, and actually are you okay day does it like on are you okay overall does a great job of providing resources and how to have the chat and that kind of stuff finally like what would you like to see improve when it comes to you know whether it's work whether it's yourself whether it's your mates how to approach mental health in the future like I was saying to you the other day, I think the work that you're doing with Never Not Creative and Mentally Healthy is amazing. Um, and, you know, people like Maddie giving that a platform at TDC and stuff mm. is, has been incredible. I know that's been a massive help uh, for me personally over the last couple of years. I, I don't know what else can change. I guess it's just people just getting rid of the stigma around mm. it. Like if, you, if you're not feeling well or something's going on, it, just find someone to talk to. Um, and... Yeah, if you can't find someone to talk to, find a way of kind of letting it out, if yeah. that makes sense. There's different things you can do to initiate conversation 
um, each and every day mm-hmm. that will allow both yourself and other people to be comfortable talking to you and for you to talk to other people. Like you say, a lot of businesses and stuff are trying to do stuff with, with Are You OK Day and everything. And um, yeah, there's only so much that I guess businesses can do to, yeah. to an extent. Like at the end of the day, you've got to be in charge of your own mental health. And if you need help, you just need to go seek it. Mm. Yeah, whether or not that's from friends or from professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like one of the things that we do at work is on a first thing on a Monday morning is like good news business and good news personal. And that's like start of the week, you know, it forces us to kind of reflect on the week that was. Mm-hmm. And often, even though you're asking for something good news, more often than not, one of us will bring up something that isn't good news or yeah, something right. that's going on. And so that, you know, informs the rest of us, hey, like, you know, this person it might have struggled last week or, yeah. you know, they might have been off because of X, Y, Z or they've had a shit weekend, so they might have a shit day today. Yeah. So Yeah. There's a lot I think I find there's a lot of little things that ultimately sometimes you just forget to do that can make a difference. And yeah. like when you said, Oh, do the skateboard and then I spent, I don't know, like a day and a half thinking about it and then go, No, there's no way I could do that and then and then I did it. But then the next two days, I was on fire. Like, <laughs> honestly, ideas, I was feeling good. I was um, having more like chats at home. I was sharing more stuff with people. Um, and I'm quite introverted now. Um, and so that like doesn't come as easy anymore. But that helped. And then I think this has also led to, I've been to the gym the last three days in a row. And I'm going to go after this as well. And so I think it's just those things where sometimes you need a circuit breaker or you need to just remember that there's things you love doing and you've got to find time to do them. I know it wasn't good for my mental health. (laughs) I haven't to redo it. It was pretty nightmarish. But yeah, it's um, I think like I've had that feedback from a a few people. Like obviously I've had the the negative feedback from a few people too. But um, So my wife is a really good artist and she hasn't done anything since high school. Yeah. and I met, like didn't make her do a deck, but you know I kind of pushed her to do one, and she did one, and um, yeah, it's just so I could just see how much she loved it as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably been the highlight for me is um, seeing her her deck, and it's it's weird. Hers is probably one of the simplest. I don't know if it's because it's hers, but I just can't seem to keep gravitating towards it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I'm I'm glad to hear that it had a good effect on you and um yeah hopefully um you know i've seen it with my wife that it has for her as well yeah. like getting getting amongst it again so i'm hoping it, it's done the same for yeah. um all the other artists and hopefully the people that you know potentially purchase them as well so yeah. so first of october it's going to be at your studio yep which is uh 20b fifth avenue in palm beach the decks are all up for auction that's yep. right um and we'll put the URL in the show notes so that people can see where to go to. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and we'll put a page up on Never Not Creative too. Epic, sounds um, good. Thanks very much for joining us in the pod. And uh, Thank thanks you. for sharing. It's um, never an easy topic, but it's been really easy to chat. So thank you very much. Happy days. Thank you. Huge thank you to Paul 
for this episode. Thanks for sharing, mate. Thanks for everything that you're doing with the Welcome to Yourself exhibition. And of course, thanks for sharing some of those proceeds to Never Not Creative. Hope it goes well. If you want to find out more about the exhibition Welcome to Yourself, just head over to nevernotcreative.org slash welcome dash to dash yourself. You'll find out about the artists. You'll find out about how to bid for the boards. And you'll also find out a little bit more as well about Penny Bridge, which is Paul's creative studio. If you do need more help with your mental health, head on over to mentally-healthy.org where there are helplines, there are resources, everything is there um, for you, but it's only just the start. Also, if you are interested, jump into some of our Asking for a Friend sessions. They're on the first Thursday of every month. You can ask anything anonymously to a leader in the creative industry and a psychologist. There's also a library of tracks now online um, of all the questions that we've ever had pretty much on asking for a friend. So just um, head over to nevernotcreative.org and jump down the bottom and you'll see a link to asking for a friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Streamtime for supporting Never Not Creative. If you are looking for project management software, if you want to run a healthier creative business, head on over to streamtime.net. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, and if you're really feeling uh, generous, then please write us a review or share something about the pod through social media. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon.